Happy Friday, everybody. It's Friday, November 30th. And as always, if you're listening to this, that means you made it through another week and margaritas are in order. And uh, yeah, I said November 30th. That's it. We got one month left in 2018. One month left. I saw a meme earlier this week. I actually posted it on my Facebook page. That kind of sums up 2018. Uh, It kind of goes like this. If you think 2018 didn't fly by, then think about this for a moment. We had an Olympics in 2018. And I bet you you forgot all about it. It seems like it was that long ago. We We had an Olympics in February. Can't even fathom that, can you? Yeah, 2018 has zipped by. Absolutely zipped by. 2019 is knocking on the door. The big year for us is knocking on the door. So have those margaritas. It is Friday. It's the last month of December. Or I mean November. (laughs) Apologies. December begins tomorrow. You're 25 days away from ripping open Christmas presents. You're 31 days away from ringing in a new year. And yeah, that's, that's a reality. Uh, before we get into the crap for this week, let's go ahead and do today's birthday, shall we? All right, happy birthday to Mark Twain, Winston Churchill, the man that brought rock and roll into your living rooms, Dick Clark, Coach Bill Walsh of the San Francisco 49ers, Hippie Radical Abby Hoffman, Ridley Scott, Bo Jackson, Ben Stiller, Michael Cutlets, you might know him as Abraham on The Walking Dead, and Billy Idol. In honor of Billy Idol's birthday, today's song of the day is going to be Dancing With Myself. And I do want to add a, a little happy birthday to somebody for tomorrow, and that would be to my youngest child and only son, our third and final born child, Tommy Lee Powell III, who will be the ripe old age of seven tomorrow and has chosen as his birthday dinner the buffet. And why? Well, because they have a chocolate fountain. And in my son's world, anything that you can stick into a chocolate fountain and then consume makes for a good day. So uh, that's what we will be doing tomorrow is uh, accompanying my son to the buffet for his birthday dinner, where we all get to watch him try to put various items of food into the chocolate fountain. Because uh, my son lives by a very simple philosophy, which is uh, give me my phone and cover all my food in chocolate. So, happy early birthday to my son, Tommy Lee Powell III. All right, let's do the NFL real quick. I do a real quick NFL segment before we get into the stories of the week. So let's go ahead and knock out the NFL really quickly. All right, last week I had uh, my best week picking football this season. I was 12-3. and three. So far on the year, I'm 175-2. and two. Uh, Last week, uh, saw the Bears getting it done on Thanksgiving with a backup quarterback. You guys know if you listen to this podcast for any period of time that I am not a Bears fan in the least bit, but uh, you got to take your hats off to them right there because they're getting it done. They are, they're doing what they have not been able to do in 20, 30 years. They're getting it done, and they're even able to get it done with a backup quarterback. Now, I will say this. 
Mitch Trubisky's shoulder must be worse than they're letting on because they yanked him for the Thanksgiving game and he's not starting again this week. But hats off for them for getting it done on, on Thanksgiving with a backup quarterback. Uh, the Saints, man, they destroyed the Falcons. Far worse than the 31-17 score actually says. The Saints are rolling. Absolutely rolling. Um, the Cleveland Browns snap a three-year road losing streak. Things are starting to come together for the Cleveland Browns, finally. If not won on the road for three years, they broke that last week. Phillip Rivers is just en fuego. Dude's on fire. Sets an NFL record by completing the first 23 passes of the game, which nobody has done. Nobody has started a game to complete the first 23 passes. And uh, ties Ryan Tannehill's NFL record of 25 consecutive completions. Now, Tannehill did it over a two-game streak. So he ended one game with a bunch of completions and started the following game with a handful of completions to create 25 consecutive completions. Phillip Rivers did that in one game. And, oh, by the way, Rivers finished the game last week having completed 28 of 29 while absolutely rolling the Cardinals. He didn't even play in the fourth. Absolutely insane. Rivers is on fire. Uh, Another quarterback that's on fire, my guy, Andrew Luck, the Indianapolis Colts. He ties Manning for the second most consecutive games with three or more touchdown passes. He's now had eight consecutive games with three or more touchdown passes, and he's number two on the list with Manning. Colts have now won five straight. Absolutely rolling. Averaging over 30 points a game. My boys are back. Uh, the Jaguars, however, are a hot mess. Absolutely hot mess. They've now benched Bortles. They fired their offensive coordinator. And they lose their running back, Robert Fournette, to a one-game suspension for the Donnybrook he got into with the Bills last week. Which, oh, by the way, can we just talk for one quick second about the Jaguars' Jalen Ramsey? Dude needs to shut his cake hole. So the Bills go out and draft a quarterback in the offseason, so they start the season with a rookie quarterback, last name Allen. At the beginning of the season, this guy, Jalen Ramsey, calls uh, the Bills rookie quarterback, Allen, trash, and said he hopes they get to play them. Allen then goes out last week and beats the Jaguars while putting up 259 yards in the air and two tutties. So then after the game, Ramsey's interviewed. He's asked about his Allen comments from earlier in the year, and he goes, yeah, he did enough to get the win. No, he didn't do enough. He whooped your ass. You talked smack, and the rookie owned you. Own that shit. Own it. Anyway, this week's winners will be the Falcons, Panthers, Bears, Dolphins, Colts, Browns, Bengals, Rams, Packers, Chiefs, Titans, Seahawks, Patriots, Steelers, and the Eagles. All right, football's done. I know not everybody's a big football fan, so I try to make it short. Let me give you a few reminders that I do every week. Uh, Reminder number one, this is uh, what I call a real podcast. It's not recorded in a studio. It's recorded anywhere I happen to be. Sometimes I've recorded it in my car. I've recorded a few episodes in my kayak. Uh, out in the workshop, down in the basement, sitting on the bed, sitting at the kitchen table. Point being is, it's meant to be 
a, a, a podcast where you're going to hear some background noises. You're going to hear uh, my dog bark because somebody walked down the street. You're going to hear some wind in the background. You're going to hear me taking a sip of my, my, my beverage here and, or lighting a cigarette in the background. It's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be you and I sitting on the deck shooting the breeze. So if you're hearing background noises, just understand it's supposed to be that way. It's not that I suck at editing. I choose not to do that. Reminder number two, this podcast has music at different points throughout the episode every week, and you can't hear that if you're not listening on Anchor. So if you found this podcast and you're not listening on an Anchor platform, please switch over to the Anchor platform, and you'll be able to hear the entire podcast the way it's supposed to be. Uh, If you're on your computer, go to anchor.fm. If you're on your smartphone, just download the free Anchor app. Favorite my show. Give it an applause. Show some love. Share the post that you found in it. Spread the love, baby. Spread the love. And also, as I tell you every week, uh, go buy my book. My first book, A Grateful Life, The Life Story of a Husband, Father, and Taco-Loving Deadhead, is available now at my website, tompowelljr.com, tompowelljr.com, in paperback and ebook formats. Um, And go find me on Instagram and on Facebook. On Facebook, you can find me, uh, it's the Powell Entertainment Company. And on Instagram, Tom Powell Jr. We're going to be having, real soon here, a giveaway. We're going to give away five copies of the book on Instagram and five copies of the book on Facebook. So go follow me on Instagram. Go like the page on Facebook. Details will be coming soon. Uh, I'm going to give away five copies, as I said, to each one of those two social media entities. And uh, along with the copies, I'm going to include my A Grateful Life bookmark, uh, which you can also purchase at TomPowellJr.com. It's a concert ticket bookmark to match the cover of the book. And each concert ticket is individually numbered, so nobody will have the same number as you. Go uh, like the social media accounts and get yourself ready to win a copy of a grateful life. All right. uh, Today is National Mason Jar Day and National Moose Day, and that would be moose as in the dessert, not the animal. So I guess celebrate accordingly by eating some moose out of a mason jar. Sure. Go do that. Happy National Mason Jar Day and happy National Moose Day. All right. What happened this week? So, um, This past week, we got our first quote-unquote major snowstorm. I put that in quotation marks because we, where I live, here in the beautiful town of Shanahan, Illinois, about an hour southwest of the Chicago uh, border, we only got about two inches of snow down here. A lot of people don't understand how large the Chicagoland area is and why there can be such discrepancies of snow, but here's an indication of how large it is. We got two and a half inches, and places that I've worked in my lifetime while living in this house got 13 inches further north of here. We, the Chicagoland area just covers a lot of acreage, and so we often get discrepancies in, in the weather like that. 13 inches in the northern suburbs, two inches in the southern suburbs. There are times where they're getting a foot of snow in the northern suburbs, and we have rain down here. Uh, so one of the bad parts about living in the Southwest suburbs is the snow totals decrease significantly. 
I'd like to see those numbers up a little bit. Okay, we got to have a white Christmas. So it, technically it was a major snowstorm, but it wasn't a major snowstorm for us. Now they were anticipating and they were predicting a lot more and it was supposed to come overnight into the morning rush hour. So our local schools all made the decision to um, cancel Monday. Turned out to be a premature decision. At the time, it was kind of iffy. Yeah, maybe do it, maybe not do it. They did it. They pulled the trigger the night before. The kids didn't have school. Now, keep in mind, this is after they just had an entire week off for the Thanksgiving break. So by the time my son got back on a bus and my daughter got back on a bus and my oldest daughter got back, well, she had school on Monday. Regardless, the other two didn't. By the time they went back to school, they had been off for 10 days. They needed to get back on that bus. I stood at the end of the driveway talking to the bus driver, freezing my giblets off. Say, yeah, you, you better take him. Kid's been in my house for 10 days, bouncing off the walls. But everybody's back at school now. The snow is actually beginning to melt. It's going to be 35 degrees here in Shanahan today. And by Saturday, tomorrow... We're looking at 55 and a 100% chance of thunderstorms. That's April. That's not December. That's disgusting. That eradicates all of the snow we have and gives us 24 days to put a snowpack back on before Christmas. And yeah, I'm one of those people. I need a white Christmas. I want a white Christmas. I know some of you people are, you know, Christmas on the beach kind of people. Hells to the no. I want snow. And preferably, snow on Christmas, on top of the already existing snowpack. Nothing beats a snow Christmas. A Christmas snow. Sorry, got that backwards there. Nothing beats snow on Christmas. It's the best snow ever. And of course, with the cold and the snow comes the occasional kid that tries to uh, stick their tongue to a light pole a la A Christmas Story. And it has happened here close to home. A town not too far from here by the, by the name of Sandwich, Illinois. Uh, the fire department got called out for uh, a kid that got his tongue stuck to a flagpole. And the fire department, when they released their statement, said uh, that the reason the kid did it is still unknown to the village of Sandwich. So, uh... I'm going to go ahead and assume that not one person that works for the Village of Sandwich has ever seen the movie A Christmas Story. Because if you have, his motives are pretty freaking clear. Why he did it is not a question. <laughs> I don't care if he was dared to, if it was his own decision. The reason he did it traces back to the single greatest Christmas movie of all time, A Christmas Story. It's a, there's not a lot of guesswork going into this, guys. No need to put in any overtime on this case. It's solved. I haven't seen a scrap of paper on it, and I've solved it. His motive was a Christmas story. Let's not make things harder than they need to be. But, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised that kids are putting their tongues on light poles. I mean, they've been doing it for years. And we live in a world where somebody can still get killed with bows and arrows for trying to contact a tribe that doesn't want to be contacted. 
I'm sure you've seen that story. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. Uh, this guy went to uh, North Sentinel Island, which is technically part of uh, India. And this island has had, has had inhabitants that have been completely cut off from the rest of the world uh, for 20,000 years. Okay, the island's about the size of Manhattan. So it's a decent-sized island. And uh, the Indian government has banned anybody from going there because anytime anybody tries to contact them, they're met with death. They're killed. These people don't want to be contacted. They have been living the same primitive way for 20,000 years. They don't care if you're bringing blue jeans and Hershey's chocolate. They don't care. But this guy tries to do it, and he gets flooded with arrows. The fishermen who got him close enough to the island saw the whole thing happen from the boat. The guy takes a canoe from the fisherman's boat and goes into shore and, you know, meets the islanders, and the islanders light him up with the arrows. And then they're seen dragging him along the beach, and currently, for some reason, they're trying to retrieve his body. And I get it that for his family it's probably devastating, but stop. He's dead there for a reason. Stop. Just leave these people alone. Civilized man made contact with them for the first time in the early 1800s. And ever since then, they've been killing anybody that steps foot on the island. Population is said to be down to less than 35. Leave these people alone, okay? It's not a human zoo. Stop being an idiot. It just, once again, I'm not surprised. We got a lot of idiotic things in the world. I talk about I talk about idiotic things with you every single week. This week is no I have no shortage of it here. I had to take an extra page in notes here about this week. It's just idiotic story after idiotic story after idiotic story. It's amazing. I mean, you got that guy who knowingly contacts a tribe he's forbidden to contact and gets what Everybody said it was going to happen. They're going to kill you. Idiot number one. Idiot number two, Jerry Springer. <clears throat> I don't know if you saw this, but Jerry Springer's coming back to TV. Jerry Springer actually has a law degree and can legally adjudicate court cases. So they're bringing him back as a Judge Judy type. It's a Judge Jerry show. And people are like amped up to see this. Forgive me for being down on Jerry Springer. But what I remember of Jerry Springer is not the time that he was mayor of Cincinnati. It was the time that he made a bazillion dollars off of the worst of our society with that sideshow freak of a show of his. Jerry, Jerry. It's it's no wonder when shows like that become popular that we have people trying to contact lost tribes and still being killed via bow and arrow in 2018. People need to dial down the dumb fuckery for a minute. Which is, you guys are taking it to like 11 here. And, and, and here we go, Jerry Springer, back on TV. So the demise of our society, the demise of our culture will be televised. As it seems to have been for about the last... 25 years. 
Jerry Springer is said to have, in an interview, he said, and I quote, for the first time in my life, I'll be called honorable. Yeah, that about sums it up, Jerry. Because not a damn thing you did on your last show was considered honorable. Can we please stop making stupidity famous? Please stop making stupidity famous. This is this is what's wrong with with us. <laughs> Judge Jerry is is getting rave early reviews. But once again, not surprised. We have we have an overabundance of stupidity running amok in, in the world today. Let me give you another example of run amok stupidity. Let me give you a name. Dennis Dickey. Anybody heard of Dennis Dickey here in the last handful of days? Dennis Dickey is from uh, Tucson, Arizona. He's a 37-year-old Border Patrol agent. And Dennis Dickey was uh, performing a gender reveal for his pregnant wife. Now, once again, if you've listened to the podcast for any period of time, you know that a handful of episodes back, I talked about gender reveals and my hatred of them. I think they're about the dumbest thing on the planet. I truly do. And I have no doubt that my kids are going to do some form of gender reveal at some point in time. I, I hate the gender reveal. And, and the fact that this was done via a gender reveal just you know, adds to the layers of my hatred. So this guy's doing a gender reveal, and what he has is he has one of those boxes <clears throat> that is uh, loaded up with colored substance that will fly in the air once the box explodes. And you set it off at a distance, and you film it from a safe distance, and it explodes, and it shoots either blue or pink crap into the air. So this guy puts the box out there, sets up the camera, he's got a handful of people there, the box goes off, boom. Only this dumbass puts the box right in the middle of dry grassland in, out, out in the Arizona country. And he lights the area almost instantaneously, instantaneously on fire. You see it all. It's, there's video of it. Go look it up. Sorry, this is not a visual medium there. There is actual video footage of this. He lights the area on fire. <clears throat> it's raging because it's like tall, wild grassland that has now just been instantly ignited by this fool. The camera then sees him go into the area where the fire is, where the box exploded, presumably to see if there was anything there that he needed to grab before hightailing it out of there because he just started essentially a wildfire. And he looks down real quick, and then he turns around and runs back towards the camera, and he's heard saying, yeah, pack it up, let's get out of here, let's get out of here. Well, the end result of that run amok stupidity was an actual wildfire. An actual wildfire, wildfire which scorched 45,000 acres and took over 800 firemen a week to get under control. Let me say that real quickly one more time. 45,000 acre wildfire that 800 firemen took a week to fight for a dumbass gender reveal. 
stop doing that. As a matter of fact, it, a lot of people need to stop doing anything be, before they remove their heads from their asses. This guy, Dennis Dickey, is one of them. And then says, pack it up, let's get out. Dude, you're not even going to call somebody? 45,000 acres later. To me, in my opinion, there are a whole lot, of, there's at least 800 firemen. At least 800 firemen. Plus 911 operators. Plus anybody who actually had land in that 45,000 acres that all get an opportunity now to line up to whoop your ass. That should be the punishment handed down. You've seen that, the scene on the movie Airplane where the woman is losing her control in the seat. She's freaking out and, and, and a couple of people come up and like try to smack her back into reality and then the camera pans down the aisle and there's just everybody is in line. And this guy's got a baseball bat and this one's got a billy club and, and this one's got a chain. You've got at least 800 fire... Hey, Dennis... You got at least 800 firefighters that are first in line to take a shot at you. Like I said, then everybody who owned land on that 45,000 acres, everybody that had to assist those firemen, the 911 dispatchers, the police department that had to block off roads, you got a mountain of ass whooping coming your way. If I was the judge. You don't gotta, you don't have to take it all in one day. We could spread this out by all means. I have no problem spreading it out. Spreading it out. Let's see. It took 800 firefighters a week to spread. Okay, we'll spread it out for one week. Everybody get in line. It's whoop Dennis's ass time. Maybe if we start doing that, we'll have fewer dumbasses doing gender reveals with explosives in the middle of dry desert grassland. Oh, for a gender reveal. Man, I know, I know, I know. I harp on it. I just, I hate them. I hate them. You know what a gender reveal is to me? You and your better half sitting in a doctor's office being told what you're having. There's your gender reveal. Period. Very good gender reveals. Uh... My next story is somebody that definitely won't be needing a gender reveal. Not at all. This person, this person is, uh, this person lost their opportunity to have a gender reveal uh, in a bad, bad way. <clears throat> all I know is his name is Charles. The story that I read did not give his last name. His last name. He's thirty-three years old. Charles found himself engaged, and Charles got a lot of friends. Friends that like to party. And as they do, his friends organized a bachelor party for him. And I guess the bachelor party got way out of control. I mean, it it wasn't just strippers and cocaine. It was strippers and cocaine, followed by sex, threesomes, orgies, everybody doing everything. The whole thing was recorded by somebody that was at the event. And this guy uploads it to something called WhatsApp. It's an app for sharing photographs and, 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 and having like a group of people, almost like a text message group, but like on, through this app. Okay, well, I don't know anything about the app, but that's what happened. He puts it up there, and um, one of the people in the app loop 
who was named Lewis in the loop was actually Sophie. And Sophie was one of the wives of the people that was at the bachelor party. And when she saw the videos of what was going on, <clears throat> she captured them and she sent it to the wives of all of the party goers. <clears throat> so Chuck blows up, blows the doors out. All right. Him and the boys are God knows where, and they're up to their necks in, in, in alcohol, cocaine, and strange, right? Everybody is getting their genitals licked that night. The whole thing is recorded, and now those recordings find their way to the wives of everybody that was involved. So as you can imagine, Chuck's wedding is off. Right, that got canceled. But it didn't end there. The end result of this bachelor party was not only the cancellation of that wedding, but 17 divorces that were filed as a result of what happened at that bachelor party. That was one hell of a party. You threw a, you threw a party in which... 17 divorces and one canceled marriage were the end result. My friends, I've thrown some parties in my life. I've had some parties where you had to have the kegs out the back door because the cops were coming in the front door. I've had multiple parties that have seen law enforcement involvement. I have seen parties that have seen parents come drag kids out of them. I have never in my life attended a party where the end result was a canceled wedding and 17 divorces. Y'all partied your ass off. I say y'all because my daughter says it and it drives me nuts and she hears me say that. She's going she's gonna to be, oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, y'all partied your ass off. My God, 17 divorces out of one party. That was the rager of ragers. And maybe, it's just, stick with me here for a minute. Maybe you might want to deal about, think about dealing it back, dialing it back a little bit. You, you might be taking it too far, okay? Listen, at age 33, nobody's saying you can't have a good time. But it sounds to me like that at age 33, you were reliving your 18-year-old days. It, that is a mind-blowing statistic to me. One party resulting in a canceled wedding and 17 divorces. Damn! Everybody got laid that day. Everybody. <laughs> and of course, it was technology that came up and bit you in the ass. But I'll tell you something, Chuck. It's too damn bad you didn't get married. It really is. Because you sound like one hell of a partier. You did the wrong shit. But had you gotten married, you'd have been able to hire what I think is a wedding photographer that would have been right up your, right up your alley. You could have hired wedding photographer Catherine Lee Maida, age 26, out of Arlington, Texas. Dude! Let me tell you about Kathy here. 
Kathy was attending a wedding. Not attending. She was working a wedding where she was taking the pictures, doing the photography. And she was uh, found having sex with a guest in one of the rooms at the venue. Some wedding goers see her having sex and they go get somebody from the venue to say, hey, you've got to go. The wedding photographers in there just, you know, taking on guests. You might want to put a stop to this. Before they get to her, she then, she finishes, obviously, leaves the room, walks up to a fountain, yells at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that correctly. Walked up to a fountain, yelled at it, and then made her way to a tree where she proceeded to piss on the tree. Per the story, pissed on the tree. Now, I'm going to pause for a minute right there. I'm still trying to figure that one out. They didn't give details. So I don't know if she if she dropped trow and just gave it the old lean back, pelvis thrust forward piss. If she like got on all fours and gave it the gave it the doggy hind leg piss. I don't know if she climbed the tree and then pissed down it. They details. Dig. I need the details. These stories are becoming woefully inadequate. Inadequate with the details. All I know is that she walked up after having an argument with a fountain. She then found a tree and pissed on it. It was at that point in time that the security of the facility found her near the tree, taking a piss. They take her into custody. As she's being taken into custody, she begins to yell at the wedding goers, and I quote Y'all families will be dead by Christmas. Y'all daughters are dead. My father will find out about this. And y'all are fucking dead. D-E-A-D. Dead. That's an exact quote. And you know what? We're going to take a moment here. Because that's a quote that deserves to be repeated. And I quote. Being taken into custody. Let's just back this up a minute here. Having sex with one of the guests in a room. Gets into an argument with a fountain. Pisses on a tree. Gets taken into custody and says, yells at the wedding goers. Y'all families will be dead by Christmas. Y'all daughters are dead. My father will find out about this. And y'all are fucking dead. D-E-A-D. Dead. The article... While it was woefully inadequate with the details about how she pissed on the tree, somebody find that info and send it to me. It did happen to say that the cops believed she may have been under influence. You think? Listen. There's an argument to be had that she may not have had a drop of alcohol or any illicit drugs whatsoever if she just got caught having sex with a wedding goer. She's in her 20s. You're at a wedding. There's romance. There's love in the air. You see a guy you like. Who knows? Maybe she's off in the closet doing the deed. You can make an argument for that. It was just overcome by the moment. I saw this guy and had to get my pants off. Okay, fine. Once we went from, you took on a wedding goer, 
You were passing the gravy in a side room. Once you went from that to having an argument with a fountain, I think the maybe she was under influence argument can be put to rest. And then when she finished her fountain argument and took a squeege on a tree, I think that was just additional corroborating evidence. I don't think you boys need to speculate on this one. Yeah, she was under the influence. Okay, nobody is that batshit crazy. Nobody. She was under the influence. But hey, at least she got laid first, right? I mean, silver lining to every story. You, you got some before you got taken off to the pokey. She got out. It was $10,738 bail, so it's a little beefy. But, uh, yeah, maybe the wedding photography business isn't for you, honey. Just may, Well, I mean, once the word gets out of, uh, of these antics, the wedding photography business shan't be for you at all. So, you know, good luck to you in the future. Hopefully, Daddy can cover it, Princess. <clears throat> all right, so... There's all your weird stories for the week. I wanted to talk about one more topic real quick. It's a little near and dear to my heart. Uh, I belong to several private Facebook groups, and in one of the groups, uh, somebody said, uh, you know, it's one of these posts where it's like, uh, describe your favorite band without using their name or listing any of their songs or album titles. You know, let people try to figure it out by your clue. So, for me, The Grateful Dead. My clue, greatest touring band of all time. You will be amazed at how many people did not guess The Grateful Dead. I got <clears throat> people saying The Rolling Stones, The Beatles, ACDC, Led Zeppelin. Actually, debate started. People were arguing amongst themselves. Because a couple of people did say The Grateful Dead. And got jumped on me. Oh, The Grateful Dead. Overrated. Okay, okay. First, first things first. Calm the hell down with that. But let's just say you don't like their music. I get it. They're not for everybody. They really aren't. But to deny their touring prowess is just being woefully ignorant and intellectually lazy. There is no other touring band like the Grateful Dead. Every band listed, great bands, ACDC, Led Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, every one of them are in my playlist. I have songs by every one of them downloaded. I, and yes, I'm old enough that at one point in time I had the, the, the cassette tapes and at one point in time I had the albums. Now I've got the digital downloads. I love every one of them. I'm not saying anything bad about any of those bands. But the thing, the, my clue was greatest touring band of all time. That should have been a no-brainer even if you don't like them. I despise the Chicago Bears. But I'm intelligent enough to recognize that Walter Payton is the single greatest running back of all time. And that the 1985 
Chicago Bears defense was the single greatest defensive unit for a single season in the history of the game. You don't have to be a Grateful Dead fan to realize that they are the greatest touring band of all time. Now, put aside for just one moment what they're doing now with the Dead and Company. Just talk about the Grateful Dead itself. Jerry and the Boys. The band. The original band. Over 2,300 shows played over a 30-year span. That's an average of 76 shows a year for three decades. Non-stop. Moving. Tour after tour after tour after tour after tour. Just continuously moving. For 30 years. Most other bands will do a tour to support an album... And some may be big tours, an entire North American tour, an entire European tour, an entire Asian tour. But it's a tour to support an album. And then they take some time off, and they go back into the studio, and they crank out another album. And then they put together a tour to support that album. And yes, the Rolling Stones may have been doing that for 40 years. But they didn't do it the way the Grateful Dead did. The Grateful Dead did their albums in between, while they were touring. They didn't go, all right, we're going to take some time off, and then we're going to do a tour to support this album. The tour was never to support any given album. The Grateful Dead tour was to support the lifestyle. There wasn't any Grateful Dead tour named, you know, like uh, the Rolling Stones puts out an album. Or, you know, Guns N' Roses puts out Appetite for Destruction, and then they do an Appetite for Destruction tour. Metallica does, <clears throat> puts out Injustice for All. And then they did the Injustice for All tour. You never got that with the Grateful Dead. You know, there were, the Grateful Dead had an album called Working Man's Dead. There was never the Working Man's Dead tour. It was the summer tour, the, the winter tour, the spring tour, the fall tour. It was a perpetual tour. 30 years. Over 2,300 shows. 1,490 drum solos. The song Sugar Magnolia played 595 times. Over 35 million tickets sold. Over 714,000 hours of live music. An entire nomadic community following them for three decades. Children born and raised within that community. On the road. Once again, with all due respect to every other band on the planet, I love most of them out there. I have a wide range of music on my phone. During any given period of time on the treadmill, I may go from The Grateful Dead to Metallica to Motley Crue, to Jim Croce, to salt and Peppa, to uh, Hank Williams Jr., to Arrested Development, to Machine Gun Kelly, to Twisted Sister, to the Pointer Sisters. 
I am not ripping any other band. But nobody did what the Grateful Dead did. Nobody. And nobody ever will. And oh, by the way, they're still doing it, just in a different incarnation. The stance I gave you, that was just for Jerry and the boys. 65 to 95. 1965 to 1995. Sorry, I gotta take a pause every time I say that. 1995, when, when we lost Jerry. Nobody did that. And those stats were for that time. Now they're going on, a, on tour as the dead and company. And obviously all the different players have their own projects that they do. Bob Weir, all, all of them. They have their own individual projects. But as the Grateful Dead incarnation, they are now the dead and company. You get three original members. You got John Mayer standing in for Jerry Garcia. And they're touring. This week, we just had the announcements for the 2019 summer tours. They're playing Wrigley, folks. Wrigley Field. The Grateful Dead and the Ivy on the, on the wall. Come on. It's a damn shame that that's not Jerry and the boys. But I just found myself doing something that I wanted to talk to you ever so briefly about. For those of the deadheads that are listening to this portion of the show. You got to give John Mayer a break, man. You got to give John Mayer a break. All right. The, here, let me tell you something. Okay, I got to see Jerry. I got to see the Grateful Dead, and I got to follow them over a three-year period. It was an amazing point in time in my life. I actually got into a handful of those shows. and get into every concert. It's not how that shit works. I got into a handful of them. I got an opportunity to see the dead at the tail end of the career. Yes, it was phenomenal. It was unbelievable. It's something that I wish every single human being had an opportunity to experience. Being inside a Grateful Dead concert venue is it's different than all, all other all other concert venues. I've seen 80, 80s hair metal, I've seen punk rock, or so, you know, butthole surfers at the Vic Theater and and and, and Skid Row and Guns N' Roses and saw Metallica. I've seen different types of musical acts. None of it is like a Grateful Dead show. None of it. It is, it is a completely different experience. They changed the set list for every show. Forever. Go back and look at the set lists. They're all different. They didn't give you the same show. You know, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a, a tour to support an album and they gave the, each city the exact same show. No, everybody got it different. That's what made it so different. You never knew what was coming. It was, un, it was an unbelievable experience. But, while I have not had an opportunity to see the Dead and Company live, I have seen plenty of footage of it, obviously. And from what I've seen, they're doing a damn great good job. I, I think John Mayer is is filling that role nicely. Is he Jerry? No! Of course not. 
Nobody is. And newsflash, Jerry's not magically walking off, walking around from backstage with a guitar in his hands. It's never happening, folks. Stop comparing him to Jerry. Jerry did what he did. All of you younger heads should embrace the fact that you still have three members of that band and you still have the lifestyle, the, the, you, to a degree. They're not do, touring as, as much as they did back in the day, but they're still keeping it, keeping it alive. You know, when I did it for three years, okay, so when people, people now, okay, here's all the tour dates that they're going to do for the summer. We're going we're gonna to load up the camper and we're, we're going and hitting all those shows. And then they go home and go back to their lives and they wait for the, you know, the fall tour. All right, we're going to go, we're going to go to the Northeast and we're going to hit all the fall tour dates if that's where it is, right? That wasn't what I did. I stayed on the road the entire time. So when the band took a break, we found other ways to keep ourselves alive and move about the country. And then we hooked back up with the tour when it, be, when it picked up again in another city. You guys still have a piece of that. I know it's different. But there's still a piece of that. That's still being kept alive. Embrace that shit, man. I think John Mayer is doing a hell of a job. I think the shows that I've seen from the footage that I've seen have been great. I think they've been very, very, very close to what we had back in the day. Embrace the hell out of that. Especially for those of you that are getting to see them but didn't get to see the band back then. It could be different. They could have just said to hell with it. We're shutting it all down. We're never doing it again. When they did the 50th anniversary show at Soldier Field, the Fair of the Well, the three days, they saw what reality was, that the people still wanted it. And they put it back out there. Embrace it. Chill out. Stop riding John Mayer's ass, man. Smoke a doob and let the music flow through you, man. Anybody here listen to the Parliament Funkadelic? You hear that song? You remember that part where the Parliament Funkadelic tells you what he wants you to do is if you have any defects, rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis, faults, to lay, lay whatever part of your body it is that ails onto the speakers because funk not only moves, it can remove. Don't tell you, chill out. Focus on what they're doing. Let that shit get into you. Crowd's a little different these days than back in the day. There was never any, there was never any of that. It was just music, dude. That's all it is. It's a concert. Calm down. You are still seeing a form of the greatest touring band of all time. The greatest touring band of all time. 
You can come at me with any other band that you have. The greatest touring band of all time is the Grateful Dead. There is no argument to that, that point. You cannot make any reasonable argument for any band other than the Grateful Dead. Am I telling you they're the greatest band of all time? No. Am I telling you that they have done the greatest concert of all time? No. I'm telling you they're the greatest touring band of all time. Cornell 77 may have been the greatest, many consider it to be the greatest live recording of all time. They really seem to be on their game for that particular show. Okay, maybe. You can make an argument for that. It's not the argument I'm making. I'm saying they're the greatest touring band of all time. And no, they didn't put on the greatest concert of all time because we all know the greatest concert of all time was Woodstock. Original Woodstock. Not whatever they're going to put together for this upcoming one and definitely not the Woodstock 99 thing. The original Woodstock. Greatest concert ever performed. And once again, who was there? Jerry and the Boys, of course. Grateful Dead. So, listen. Deads. Calm down. Enjoy the music, all right? Get yourself a bowl of the giggle bush. Get into the venue and chill the fuck out, all right? You are part of history. The world is millions of years old. And you are alive while the dead is still touring. Enjoy it. All right? We're going to have some uh, some stories next week that I caught this week, but I felt like I had enough to talk about this week, so we're going we're gonna to talk about this stuff next week on, on next week's episode. It's, uh, it's, you know, more stupidity. You know what I'm saying? That's a, it, it just, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's all I got for you this week, guys. Uh, get into that December mode. It is here. You got one more month to rock. 2018. That's it. 31 days. You know. You guys have all seen the meme that says that uh, the average person has sex 89 times a year. Some of you are in for one hell of a December. Okay. So buckle up, buttercups. It's going to be a wild month. All right. That's all I got this week. As always, stay grateful. And enjoy a little bit of the Friday song.